0: Hey guys, Trevor here with Thread and Leaf, and today I've got Jordan. He is going to be the General Manager for Northern Light Supply. If you'd recognize him, he was a part of the original Bud Tender Series 2.0, our panel addition to this podcast. We uh, just didn't have the opportunity to get him on as a single guest until today, so welcome Jordan. I'm glad to be
1: uh, talking cannabis with you today. Uh, Thanks, man. Glad to be back on. I love being with Northern Light Supply. Dude, such a great place to be. And we're trying to make more and more community. So I love being a part of this as well. Still just the manager. Not not GM nope. yet. Not GM. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> still, still running that. And uh, he's actually enjoying a nice time in Mexico right now after a difficult nice. time. So it's awesome for them to get away. But yeah. No, yeah. Still, still got the same structure there. And it's awesome though. Yeah. It was, it's such a great environment. Great family team to be with. And yeah. Yeah. The, I love the, the flexibility that we have to keep bringing all these brand new products. And it just never stops rolling, man. There's always something.
0: Always. <laughs> well, your guys' menu is, like, from the shops that I've been able to go to, is always consistently the largest I've seen. And it's not just, oh, we're going to bring in every SKU of Good Supply. We're going to bring in every SKU of... It's not just going and picking the SKUs. Like, it's a curated, large menu.
1: Well, yeah, we kind of look at it like uh, kind of like everything else. Like you look at most brands, they might do one or two things well, um, but most of the time and so far in the experience has been, you know, they have one or two really strong products. And if you dedicate yourself to bringing in, oh, everything that they bring in you might get some stuff that's going to just stay on the shelf for quite a long time. And it, it's it's kind of rough too because it gets in the way of building like really good relationships and of course the reps have to do what they have to do you know like oh, okay everything that i have is the hottest best product it's like yeah okay and you know you're not always you just gotta you know you gotta just like smile and grin and then you know you kind of vet what you you know like what you know but yeah it's just especially since the december there hasn't really been too much of vetting it's just that there's been a lot of good vet products coming out so
0: yeah yeah, I can I can definitely agree with you there. Like it seems instead of it being one in every 10, it's almost like we're getting about a 30% guarantee of the market of quality flour. It may not be hitting the numbers that we want, but people understand that numbers aren't the only thing anymore. No, well Quality's it. going way further than numbers, which
1: is that's nice to see <laughs> yeah yeah i've heard it so many times this week alone just people going like no don't worry about the numbers on the bag and I'm like, oh, okay cool so you can actually like engage in a, in a more yeah. in-depth conversation not to say that you like you know skimp on the ones that don't but where they're just like you know it's got to be above 25 i've been smoking for so many years and it's just like okay well you know why do you think that what, what's been your experience and okay you got it from there but
0: yeah man so it's just it's it's a different approach and when people are coming in with a mentality of there's more of a flavor profile or there's more of a bud structure or there's more of an experience that they're looking for, It, for bu- bud tenders and people in the industry who don't know the products very in-depth, it makes it difficult because it's not just here's the numbers, go, that's what you want.
1: You got to oh, start yeah. knowing the
0: product a little more.
1: <laughs> well, exactly, yeah, and then you go. Know, you got to look into how different brands are connected as well. Like your experience with Parcel or Parcel, however you're supposed to say that yeah. one. Uh, it, it, I, again, if we had known that that was the back forty Sunday Driver, like their their product line, you know, would we have brought it in again? You know, it's again those kind of things. where so it's like, okay, we bring in certain of ones of their products because of popularity, but then you just see, oh, Sunday Driver, Sweet Notes, oh, cool, okay, what's this? Oh, <laughs> whoops yeah
0: yeah yeah you bring it in and you look at it and you're like oh should have expected
1: this experience right well yeah yeah it, well and that's the thing too is like even though you get in so far you want to give people second chances as well they're like okay well if you're leasing it as another product line there must be a reason and sometimes it's financial you know and that's just the nature of the business i guess but <laughs> you know they got to do that but. oh and it, like
0: it's not that it's and with that parcel and just going into that in depth, it's not that it's a bad product. It's not like yeah. it's something that I would tell people to never pick up. Yeah. But when you see a new brand pop up in, on the market and it's just the rebranding,
1: yeah.
0: like how much is just not informing the consumer
1: what they're going to get? Yeah. Well, that's it too. Is it, they're almost like uh, it becomes a little predatory feeling um, where it's like, okay, are they just trying to squeak one past, you know, the, the uninformed person that's doing the order for the shop and then the butt tender who isn't aware of the actual brand and then onto the consumer who might just yep. go, Hey, uh, sometimes they just go literally, I have not seen that before. Interesting. Oh, great price point. Let me try that. And then that can be a trap on its own. yeah you get surprised too like uh just today we popped uh a new one from uh what was it uh disco fish uh, i think they're out of saskatchewan interesting they're sin pie if you like purple bud holy like it was almost like solely purple like hue red hues in there as well then like a candy almost like the platinum grapes aroma but not quite as like in depth but we're just going again like who knows anything about this lp they're kind of still flying under the radar a little bit and uh the snozberries we picked up almost as a on the meme just like ah oh, maybe it'll taste like snozberries, you know like let's see what this is actually like and again it was a little bit missing in the trim, but this is like, almost like, looks like it's from a different LP altogether. Like the, the, the nugs have a great structure too. and That's what I mean. Like if you base them just on one product. You're like, oh, okay. You know that that's what they do. Nah. Well, we know that about weed too. That's some small well, strains are different, you know?
0: And with you saying that, and I can't remember which one it was that Kelton picked up because they had the snozberries, and there's an, I think there's a third genetic that they have on market. And there's, yeah. yeah. Like there, and Kelton picked one up and he, like, he is a hater of Disco Fish now because of the quality of the flour. But for yeah. you to go and say that the Snowsberry has a different trim than that Sin Pie, I'm almost curious if Disco Fish is another Wagner's on the market where they buy product and they sell it under their brand. It's another B2B sales. Yeah. Which really- I don't have an issue with. Just let us know, because then we know the product's going to be a little bit drier. It's going to be a little bit older, because that's usually what's being purchased and sold with that. Because it's the companies that can't move their flower to a better price point or move it themselves.
1: Yeah, well, and you're you're a big advocate too for like Joy uh, Distinct, like their labeling on the back. If we were to get that kind of info on there, it would even be a a plus. Like again, we yep. have all this information about the genetics, the breeding, you know, everything what they did that, and how, it, but we just don't know that that's
0: all we need that label in the black back would solve i would say 90 percent of the bud tender problems on the market for lack of information misinformation that is unintended and i specify unintended because the amount of times where i went and i did the research and one place was telling me this information this place was telling me something else and all three are supposed to be the reputable sources it's like well what am i supposed to say now it's a judgment call I'm reading it's these three. So,
1: from what I'm smoking, I'm leaning this way. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to, you kind of have your, your sources, and that directs so many different consumers because they just pick like four or five people they listen to and go from yeah. there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just to have that kind of info on all the products as like a, maybe a standard would just put us, again, so much further ahead. We'd be able to tell them ahead of time. And it would affect ordering too. But I, and I didn't oh, know, like it yeah. They don't do it. But, you hear from uh, some of the reps that are talking to their, their higher-ups within their LPs going like, you know, I've, I've been fighting for Terps. I've been fighting to get that data on the, on the actual package. And it's like, how is that a struggle? You'd think if you told them it would move bags that they'd do it, but you got to pay for the testing. There's all that incorporated into it. Do you want to test for total or specific Terps? Yes, there's a lot of money involved in that. Again, but your consumer is going to be more dedicated to your brand if they know that consistently.
0: But the one and that i always go with that devil's advocate that kind of that nasty thought that goes with it it's how many of these producers don't want to test that because they're going to see their numbers aren't hitting what they think they should be hitting
1: well yeah and then
0: all of a sudden they have to change what they're doing yeah because they can improve
1: but they what we've doing been working Well, and that's it too. Like you go into certain uh, growers and they'll talk about products that they're R&Ding like in certain LPs and like, wow, that looks incredible. And it's like, yeah, unfortunately, you'll never see the light of day just because of certain numbers on it that are attached to it. And it's like, well, I don't even know if that's true anymore though too. Like I have so many customers coming in now that are asking for balanced weed, more CBD dominant, but they want to see it more like that Joy, uh, what was that CBD flower they recently Yeah,
0: that, that lemon based one. Yeah, yeah, I heard a lot of
1: lot of good things about it. I haven't tried it yet. It set a bar. It set a new standard for what customers are expecting. So like, well, I've had that. Where is it? And it's, we well, don't have any cases right now. And I have this other CBD flower, but you feel it through the bag, and they're like, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, and that's that's exactly it for quality CBD
0: flower. Alberta staple was color cannabis. Sadly, mango haze. Yeah. For the best flavor and consistent nug quality with the consistent numbers, you knew yeah. what you were getting every time with that. Until just... Joy released this one, until yeah. Joy released this, now we've got a new, <laughs> new King yeah. Bud. But we're well, a lot of those mid-range THC bud. They're going to be grown, and those companies are going to grow them out, but they're going to ship it out to Europe. Yeah, that's where it's going to go. It's going to go international market.
1: Oh, that makes sense. I guess. Yeah different well, caps and stuff like on their markets. I've heard like 18% is a cap some some places. Yeah. Like yeah. they have they don't have low THC caps. They have top THC
0: caps at <laughs> yeah. like ridiculously low numbers in comparison to what we started with, which was 30. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah
1: there exactly. there's
0: 15, 18.
1: I well, think 15
0: the- is the lowest I've heard, which that's I honestly thinking back I'd almost would have preferred if we had 15, 20, 25, 30.
1: Yeah. If we were in this year
0: transitioning from that 25 to 30 year for flower, but we get all of our concentrates and all that other stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, and we were actually talking about it too, the other day, about how, you know, it's not so much um, someone that comes to certain uh, customers that are looking for certain effects or whatever, (laughs) You can almost have that that different conversation of like does it need to have a certain flavor profile for you or is it more about what that effect yep. is going to be? Can you get past uh a really aggressive maybe not what you love to taste everyday kind of flavor to get that experience that you want? We can apply that too to this same like conversation about well does it need to be a thirty for your Saturday morning smoke before you hang out with your kids or Go and shop, and they're like, well, it's my budget. It's what I'm gonna buy, but it's like, but again, you can get now, yeah. you could get two eights that of that quality for you know twenty five to thirty dollars. Be it seven grams for you know your rocks. I need to get like you know this is my Friday night experience versus what I need to have for my smoke. But some guys are like, no value. I'll spend sixty bucks or fifty eight whatever on an eighth. That's going to be like thirty-two percent with that three and a half terps. It's awesome that we have that reliably now as an option. But if you—that's all you ever experience—it's going to be so one-dimensional. Well, exactly, and and that's that's honestly why I would
0: like be a big supporter and promoter of a high total cannabinoid. Like if we're chasing thirty percent total cannabinoid, but the THC is sitting at twenty-two to twenty-six. The Lemon Razz from Distinct is the perfect example of this. It is the perfect example of it because it's mid-range THC, but the total cannabinoid is through the roof. I smoke a bowl of that, and I think I've proven my tolerance is is there.
1: Absolutely. And
0: and you guys have seen it on live stream if you watch the gaming live streams and some of the other stuff. I forget what I smoked, and the bag is sitting right beside the bong. That's how potent that is (laughs) after one bowl. And that's yeah. just because I'm getting the entire effect. Yeah. And it's lasting me two, three, sometimes four hours for that effective medicated effect. Like, yeah, I'm not high the entire time,
1: but I'm focused on what I need to get done and I'm getting it done. Well, exactly. Yeah. And and that's it too. You can have your different, most for sort the of different scenarios and uh, you get some, uh, what was the discussion that we had earlier this week too? Uh, it's it's been a fun one like, at the shop this week just all kinds of different uh, specific requests and then just very like um, not not off-putting like complaints or anything but just like oh, I hadn't ever considered things like that way before I understand why you're saying that like I had a guy coming in defending the original stash blonde hash uh, just like the when it was like, back in the days like it was blonde you know it had like a certain amount of moisture content to it but they've released recently replaced that with like a dry sift and it's like, oh, okay. that matters. Okay, whatever <laughs> you know, Again, things that you're just not, you don't expect it to, to matter to certain customers. And then you look at that across the, the board and say, like, well, what else are we not aware of? And what other needs are not being met, you know, like from that, or wants, what customer products are still missing from the product, you know, or from the, the roster, I mean, but yeah. Well, and that, and
0: that's actually interesting that you bring that up because I was talking to Siler, the podcast that'll actually be uploaded. He is the newly appointed COO of Triple J Canaspace up in Whitehorse. And he was explaining about like the limitations of product they have up there. So there's one LP that is that will bring beverages up to the Yukon right now. A wow. single LP. When it comes to like THC oils, he's got an LP that's gone and it's one of the four oils available. Like wow. his just restriction to product being brought
1: up into the Yukon, is insane is there like is there a certain reason is it the province is just very like limiting what they're bringing in or it ship
0: like, weird- it's shipping ah, and goodness. the amount and the amount of retail stores that they're going for right got gotcha. you
1: yeah that's it's like it's yeah, and, and like
0: I can understand some of the difficulties but like I just listening to it and I think you'll be interested listening to it just because it's a it because there's a special order form that they could use. Where they could um, it, where it's a similar system to what BC has, where it's the direct to, but what it's called is Florida door. So they get their order system and it's different LPS for week two and week four. So every two weeks he gets this order system.
1: Okay.
0: puts it through the Yukon um, Liquor Commission. They're equivalent to the AGLC. They order it once the um, shipment comes in of the product. He gets a phone call. He drives over there in his pickup, picks up the cannabis, brings it back to the shop. He is the he is the transporter from the Yukon cannabis wholesale or um, whole, shipment, I guess you could say it, to his shop. Then he has okay. to hand, hand bomb it into his truck, hand bomb it down.
1: Like, I mean, a totally
0: awesome. different system than what we have
1: here. Yeah, like, we kind of actually would love that flexibility, like, From a small shop perspective, on uh, certain order days, we get hooped trying to plan labor. We'll try to have like a short floater shift for earlier in the day where, hey, could you run uh, like a, a, we try like a 10 to 2 or something like that shift. Or, you know, just cover that, you know, maybe scoop something new, have a good day. And then go from there. Uh, But then, oh, the order doesn't show up till 4. And they're going like, (laughs) do I leave? I have a life planned. I got something to do after work. It's like, yeah, we don't expect you to stay like, okay. And then I'm just, we're just there trying to bomb the order until like eight o'clock. If we could just have the flexibility of, okay, Tuesday morning, you'll have it ready the gate by nine or whatever, roll up in our pickup trucks or whatever, get the order and come back. That would be a really simple model actually. Yeah, Especially with how close we are to the hub to being where we are in Isku.
0: Yeah. Like I, I think there would be a way where that would be an interesting system. But like it's not the it's not being delivered in the same sense that ours is. So yeah. the distinct yeah. product gets there. You go and you pick up the distinct product. Well then your part your partake is the next one. And uh, then so that's you that's that's right. it because I, I saw not you near. thinking and you're thinking the exact same way I did originally, where it's the Alberta one box. Yeah, no, you, you get it, you East slide it in. Yeah. No, so <laughs> when he when he okay. gets 10,000 units. He's yeah. hand bombing individual boxes.
1: Got you. Okay, yeah.
0: so that that's where I was like, I, I'll let you go into it, but
1: <laughs> yeah. now
0: here's how it actually works.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and uh, like it's actually been coming up a lot with discussion from LPs too, kind of from both sides of it. I've been hearing, you know, would you guys be interested in participating in a hybrid program where maybe certain offerings are available directly from AGLC yeah. or directly just from the LP? And, uh, you know, sometimes it, from a business perspective for the shop, if there were certain things like, you know, delivery or whatever, or whatever you know, order a certain threshold and then they do whatever for you, that would make it really attractive. But if it's going to be the same thing, like what you're describing or the EGLC still having some kind of direct fee or whatever, again, it, it only makes sense if it makes sense from a business perspective. Otherwise, we're just kind of wasting time with it. And,
0: and for me, the way that I could see it being... Beneficial from a business perspective would be if it was intended to encourage local cannabis sales. So you do the direct delivery. Everything gets done at the processing at the facility the proper way. But say, let's go with Alberta Bud, Partake and Uprise. You want to grab their product because AGLC doesn't carry Uprise's product, but you want to get their pre-rolls in yeah yeah actually and that (laughs) to me is a way to get them back onto the market yeah get the products that move well and then guess what the ec3po is moving well well now you bring that three and a half in because that works well for your shop but you then go you do your order it's a once a month order pickup system you can go directly to that facility pick up your cannabis on that day bring it back to your shop If it's that, and it encourages you guys to do that, and if you wanted to make the trip to Calgary and hit up Joy Ogin and make that a part of the the rotation down, then you could get the the sundry go down there and get the Kandry site, all of those products, right? Like, yeah, it that would be a very interesting model, and it for somebody in Slave Lake or in that rural region we could still commute that two and a half hours once a month and do a couple of pickups and come back
1: well exactly yeah yeah if, if there's a way to make it worthwhile then i think everybody would be down you know i don't see why not but uh it would be a, a little bit of interesting play to see if the EGLC would even entertain that kind of a change you know there's just like they, they was a weird transition away from their website even to what we have now with the tax hike and that was unforeseen changes for sure for a lot of people and it kind of felt like we got yeah. the prices in a good zone. And then suddenly there was a, a hike on both ends of it. And customers were like, what happened? This was this price last week, <laughs> you know, and we're just recovering uh, from that now. Kind of the government stopped being your
0: dealer and they still want to get paid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's just yeah. say what it is.
1: That's exactly what they stopped
0: being your dealer and they want to get paid the same amount.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Literally we'll handle the logistics. It's like, but we don't need you to do that either. No. Yeah. Like
0: they're, I would have no issues if there's a markup on it and they were literally just the the distribution point. We still get our once-a-week order systems. Yes, they can have some regulation over what's coming in to make sure that there's not an overflow of product in certain categories, but if we want craft... And we decide that Aurora and these Alberta companies that aren't really putting out quality aren't what we want in Alberta. Why can't we go after some BC craft, go after the craft in Ontario, Nova Scotia, all of the other provinces that have great cannabis available?
1: Yeah. Well, and one thing that we've been talking about too is like, I think the industry would greatly benefit from a standard definition of what craft is. Yeah, uh, um it it can't just be another label that's hollow like i remember when everything was suddenly organic and it's like no this isn't like organic oreos or whatever like bro this is still an oreo uh in the end but yeah that's the thing too there was a talk about um health canada having like a standard testing model like of an actual like cannabis plant or whatever to actually have things to test against like there's labs out there that have like this is a piece of wood this is aspen and there's like a sample of it and they use that for standard testing for reasons of like uh, patent to be like no this is a new product this is chemically different now they're having samples like that of cannabis i think that might be a good way to go forward to get around this like the, the thc inflation that we're seeing in certain labs just like okay no this is literally if we have a sample of every strain that gets submitted then they have just like a a standard testing thing is needed as well as standard label of craft. I think. Well, and,
0: and that that's when it comes to that, that labeling craft, that's something that I'm honestly like trying to figure out what I could consider a a true craft facility. Like I, like it's, it's almost the community needs to need, we need two or three people to come out with their own kind of definition. And then we need to hash it out with those two or three ideas Take the similarities, balance it out so that we, let's go 80% of the community because not 100% is going to agree. Yeah. Let's go with, if we can get 75 plus percent of the community that goes, that's reasonable. Then let's make that the standard and just implement it into the industry without the industry being the definer. Because if we let the industry define, it's going to be money that defines it, not what we want.
1: Well, and that's it. We're seeing, you know, certain LPS start to talk about adopting new practices, quote unquote, of hang drying, and they're going, "Yeah, we're a craft company now." And yeah. there's just more to it than that, too. And it's like, you know, if you're having a pride point being that you're not drying your cannabis on tables, on shelves, on racks, then yeah. you probably don't come from the right mindset to get that product that we were looking for in the in the right, you know, in the uh, in the beginning, anyway. But. Well, and and realistically
0: if we want to keep if we want to put craft as the kind of that that base level then let's create one one above that's meant for like in my opinion the companies who are hand watering not using mechanical watering that are hand trimming hand drying hand hanging full plant hanging like there's a handful of these companies that are doing that yeah that needs to be defined as a totally separate thing than under this many lights hanging it in a cold room full plant The going off the ocs that's a great separating point but then let's have that pedestal now what are we going to call that pedestal
1: yeah that's the thing too is like do we really benefit from further classifying and diversifying like different grades of cannabis really in the end too it's it can be subjective you can amplify like this product that you think is amazing all day they'll still be someone that thinks it's you know not for them not necessarily garbage but just not for them and is okay you know is more division the right thing but we, i think we just need some kind of a baseline because there's just yeah. so much con- customer confusion they're like that's craft and it's 22 dollars why don't i buy that well if, if your definition of craft is okay with irradiated, radiated then yeah. we don't understand craft the same way
0: well and that and that's exactly it like for me i'm not I'm not going to say people who use the automated systems for watering with blocks, aren't craft producers because they are just as craft as people who are hand watering it. However, we can agree that the people who are hand watering it and are doing a top level job there have a different level of knowledge about the plants, about the soil system, because it's a lot more by hand. It's a lot more, intrinsic knowledge you you have that knowledge by doing the task over and over and over and over again where with the blocks there's a lot more scientific data there's a lot more reading there's a lot more electronic support to where you can get your numbers dialed in and that's just as intrinsic but it's a different style
1: and it's almost
0: separating the two and getting both equal classification and respect i'm okay with because just they're just as special and unique. But the people who are doing it the best should not be compared to the people who are just following the baseline rules.
1: Yeah. Well, and is it again like almost like another distinction between uh you know what's possible in a really well-run, like highly controlled uh greenhouse versus the quality that you get from something that's uh you know just sun-grown in organic living soil you know, they're both great products, but they have different potentials, almost that fill different niches. Like you'll see super high terps, super high THC, like gemstone, almost looking quality flower if that's possible in a uh, greenhouse. But then, you know, that same genetics taken and grown outside just might look like it was hit with a weed whacker, but, you know, might have a way higher potential in secondary cannabinoids than what you get growing it the same way in a different environment. Well, and even like, the the
0: glandular rosin head when it's grown outdoor there's a much higher potential for it to be physically larger so when you get rosin yields like if it's outdoor they almost encourage you to have one size larger micron be and use that just because it could be quality rosin heads from outdoor grown and that's just the depth of light power and nutrient that the sun can provide in comparison to in like improvised sunlight with the LEDs and the lighting systems we have.
1: Well, exactly. Right. We're kind of you know trying to work backwards from what works perfectly to what's possible. That do you want an indoor scale? You know, that's it. Yeah. Too.
0: What can we simulate the best? Yeah. How <laughs> can we get to
1: look like? Yeah, yeah.
0: And it's and absolutely. And that's the thing is when you get to that point where you start getting so specific, there's so many different ways you can define this plant, and the the question comes, how many of the consumers are going to make a purchase decision based off that information?
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can run it so many different ways. Yeah. It's such a unique interaction with the people at the cannabis store. You know, you try to walk, greet them and then right from there, they can tell you immediately the product that they want or, you know, you get the guys who are just like, I'm here for cannabis. You know, I'm here yeah. for weed. Like, oh, original. Never yeah. heard that before. Excellent. <laughs> Uh well, you know flower you know and right from there you're, you're almost it's it's like uh discussed in a casual term but like if you say vape and they don't know what they're wanting and they're you know maybe they were actually interested in a flower product and they just go with what you're doing because of salesmanship it, it it's so unique and you have such a huge sway over something like not to give it too much like grandiose importance but you're like kind of tailoring someone's consciousness to either help them through the week or yeah. give them that like recreational experience, which still has value. And it, it, it's, you know, uh, you, they can kind of get in their own way in a certain respect too. Of Okay. You know, I, I'm looking for this product as well, you know, there's so many different things other than what you actually are looking for. You know, they might well, actually fit that. Well,
0: that's exactly it. There's like, there's how many different ways to solve your problem. The way you're looking at it might be the long and hard way to get to that solution. Maybe you need to turn around and head the other direction for a little bit. Pull back your THC incorporate some CBD, have a little bit more of a balanced effect to your day. Not just getting ripped right off the start of the day, start light, build it up. And then you'll realize at night, you're still able to enjoy the effects. Then you start building it up from there or, Somebody who's in pain relief, you start light with the topicals and you build your way up that way, right? Like you, you can have a major effect on how somebody continues to utilize cannabis based, especially if it's first experience, but if it's first legal experience about whether they'll come back to the legal side or not.
1: Yeah, and you have to listen to the really challenging ones, too, because sometimes you'll just hear something like well none of this works anyways and you're just like oh okay but you're still here so you're gonna find something or whatever it all puts me to sleep in the end anyways and well maybe they've accidentally been buying the same product or they've actually you know been looking to meet the need through the wrong vent like the wrong avenue uh but we can just look at it like oh they're just like a simple objection that i need to overcome i'll sell them something that tastes different or whatever and then they'll (laughs) be happy is the easy route and you hear that at so many different times because you just start to have a simple conversation of, oh, I'm not, I don't want something that's going to put me to sleep. And it's not even like, okay, let's switch you to a different sativa, yeah. distillate, mm-hmm. vape, or whatever. Because then, you know, being, able, being honest, so much of that is just marketing too, but I'll actually go for like a live resin vape or even just a one to one may actually be what you need, but even buying 90% indica distillate, oh, well, yeah, that's what's been putting you yeah. to sleep. Because, yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, that's exactly it. Learning, learning how to ask the right questions, and and just being confident in how you're asking the questions. Well, what have you been using? Well, this and this. Okay, is there something about that that makes you want to continue using that? Well, no. Okay, well that's easy. But if it there's reasons why, well then you dive into those reasons and you start using those reasons to pull him into another pull anybody into that other product but the thing is is learning how to ask the questions and almost and this may sound bad but you're almost curating the questions to get the answers that you want yes you have to like i ems they teach you not to ask guided questions guess what in the dispo i ask 90 percent guided questions i'm asking the question with the, the answer already sitting kind of In the back of my mind going, I think you're going to talk, answer it this way. So I'm going to ask you this way. Yeah. And if they don't understand what I'm talking about, okay, well, that's where the fun begins. Because now it's an open book. Now we got to solve a problem, right? So it's a totally different solution to that problem.
1: Yeah, I love that little like that spark. You feel that thing like that's engaged, or it's like, oh, this is actually another thing that I can. It's like a trigger point. It's like, oh, it's a it's a misinformation piece, or they just a lack of knowledge, or whatever. And it's like, oh, cool, I can fill that gap. And oh, we've gone from trying to get you a capsule or capsules to like actual flower or whatever the transition that we've made is. But then there the customer engagement, the relationships that you built on that too. Where, it's, it's sad in a way to hear like, oh, wow, you've listened. It's like, oh, damn are we that far behind where, you know, you're going into dispensaries and you're getting butt tenders that aren't even listening to what you're telling them or aren't even trying to engage you based on a need. Just like, well, what do you want? Get in, get out, get in, get out, get in, get, in, get out. And that's that's how some are built. I understand that. Not every dispensary wants to have the interaction around, uh, you know, have that conversation even or even are equipped to have the space to do that uh but uh, again, yeah, i think more customers benefit from trying that yeah, instead well absolutely and like for the customers that are just going
0: to buy their highest thc for the lowest price point it doesn't matter what shop they go to they'll be <laughs> able to service that need
1: yeah, you can like, find that maybe, anywhere
0: yeah exactly where there's yeah. a big chunk of consumers that need either support in their confidence in the product that they're buying. And my mom is the example of that. I'm her confidant when it comes to buying product. She knows what she wants, but she doesn't know how to ask for it. And she knows that the, and because of listening to me, she knows that the industry isn't always informed enough to give that answer, right? She knows, she knows the shops to go to now when she's in Edmonton, where she'll get that guided answer, or it'll be, She knows that the products that she can recognize are there. 100% one of those consumers that needs a reliable guide through their product. And if I wasn't there, I don't know she would continuously go back. If she had a bad experience, I think she would be done. I legitimately do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's it. You know, we uh, we live in a world where that you can have that one negative experience, and uh, we live in an environment and exist in an industry where there's eight, nine hundred shops where you can choose from, and you probably passed four on the way to the one that you want to go to. That's just the the reality of it now, and you got to try to have something unique or be extra convenient or whatever it is. But again. You're absolutely right. There's so many shops that will have, you know, it almost looks like the same menu. And when you know that they're not related or whatever, and it's just because, well, that's what's available too so many times you you want to bring in that product and it kind of like hurts or whatever, almost in a way when, you know, Oh, like Jim really relies on this like nighttime oil or whatever from Medi Farms or something. And it's not available to order that week or whatever products just like missing yeah. that fills that niche. And the customer comes in and you're their guy that solved that problem for them. And it's like, yeah sorry it just wasn't on the sheet this week and i get it there's supply problems logistics issues development of all these kind of things things change it's like yeah like you know that's going to happen it's we're in the cannabis industry this is yeah. a problem that happens but when you don't have that like next problem they look at you like oh like, like a letdown <laughs> it's yeah. like oh no uh well, next time i'll have it you know hopefully that's the next thing you can guarantee is it will be next time but you can't yeah yeah
0: and they just and that's the thing is especially when it comes to like oils or anything, that's not a high volume moving item. The consistency of being able to get access to it, unless it becomes a high volume item is low. Like right. AGLC cleans out its list pretty
1: regularly. And if it doesn't move, it doesn't stay. Yeah. Yeah. It moves so quickly and, um we've almost also because of that trained uh, our industry or consumer base to look for what's new and what's industry rest rather than become dependent on a product which you hear from consumers going like well we have to have something new every 68 months," or from producers every 68 months or you know everything just stops moving at once and like we've heard this for quite a while now and Yes, but then there's still those like stable products that you need to have. Like uh, one that we still get asked for all the time is a pennywise string for like the CBD, the painkilling effects, yeah. and so. Like and we just look in the market, and you oh, it, it might maybe there's a cross or something like that available, but not predominantly available. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, and then even then, oh, it's from a different producer. because the customer willing to try at that point? Yeah, yeah. Well, not, and
0: that's that. That's the biggest battle is because. We had two years where, with everyone being locked down, there wasn't that in-person discourse. We didn't have two years to help really kind of talk directly to the producers like we can now. Like, the amount of events that are coming into Alberta this year is going to be a huge benefit for everyone in this area to be able to connect with the producers. But honestly, in the last six months, nine months, everyone's been back out face-to-face contact getting the feedback and i've seen nothing but improvement from the producers because of that
1: yeah we just keep hearing uh what we heard and we heard this and we we recognize this with our product and it's actually really good to hear Uh, like so many different things are really advancing or uh price points on like certain products or certain brands that have been really like inflexible or starting to drop in certain respects so it just makes it so much easier uh, we're seeing a lot of, uh, like, uh, rotating skews, which yeah. saves them money, makes it easier for us, too, because we know that you're going to be reliably bringing in new product for the customers that need that, what's new, what's new, what's new. You still, you still want to have that. But, yeah.
0: Well, and it, and it, it kind of doubles up because it gives you that reliability in a singular product because it's that rotating SKU. So you can have a branded rotating SKU and that becomes your reliable product. Yes. Even though it's rotating genetics,
1: at least you know that's coming. Yeah, they become your boys. You know, they're very reliable people that you can know you can buy from. It's, it becomes that, you know, uh, that, almost like that connection that we had on the other side of the market where, you know, you go to your same guy, you can trust him. And yep. same thing. We've, we've wanted to have that same thing with LPs, but like we've said, you know, they'll have one or two great products and then the rest are like sometimes just like objectively subpar or they were... Yep too long sitting on a shelf, which is no, you know, nobody and everybody's fault. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like building off of what you're
0: saying there about the amount of changes, a perfect example of that, just from what I've experienced in the last couple of weeks is distinct reached out after watching the last two reviews and that from February on, there'll be humidity packs in all their products.
1: Yeah, that's okay. incredible. Like, it, it was something at that price point that probably should have been included would help the brand. But yeah. in, in long term, again, it's feedback. Um, they know that they put great products in the bag. But there's certain logistics that get in the way, like just sitting in the warehouse, no system of first in first off on the shelf, even still yeah. established. You, you might get one awesome brand new batch shuffled in yeah. behind something that was old just from somebody working on the shelf. And that's just the system that they've set up. So yeah, if you can put those little things in place that can help that when that does happen, because, you know, we don't want to, like, I don't like the, 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 culture of blame too it's like well that's on the lp we should try to get our money back or okay well sorry that's actually on the eglc because they didn't do that properly so then we're not going to do anything for you on that it it creates this like like blame game that could just be the more that you you do to control it the more transparent you are like more and more brands are doing it but it'd be awesome to see like maybe a standard again requirement of harvest versus package date too because we've given customers a few different things that they can look for, like package dates, terpene content, you know, things like that. They can actually look at it and go, okay, at least I know this isn't going to be five months old, dry. I'm going to open it up to find, you know, something that I thought I'd never buy in a legal system. And then, you know, oh, the next one that you bought was incredible. <laughs> it was just behind the box. <laughs> There's nothing to control it. Yeah. Uh, the, the
0: only thing I'd say is, the shelving, we can put a little bit of blame on AGLC because first in, first out would be the solution to that problem. Right. <laughs> like, well, 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 everything else, I agree with you. Everyone can be more accountable. But well, yeah. the shelving is purely AGLC's accountability.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, like your uh, your review that you just put up of the uh, turp Sauce from Pool Boy, yep. with, where you saw it all crawled up the side of the actual jar and then onto the lid. Uh, Like that I'm sure you're aware of like turf creep and stuff like that too. If it's literally just sitting in the humid environment, that is a cardboard box for too long, it'll cause that. And it makes you think like, was it shipped upside down? Like, you know, it can be literally like humidity things that again, they could have controlled by having maybe a refrigerated section for concentrates. And then does your dispensary actually take the care? And you have to look at it. Like you're, you're even from your shop, you're spending, several hundred dollars per case sometimes of these products why would you want i want to ensure that everybody gets the best experience by putting it in a cool at least if you can't do a fridge do a temperature controlled vault or something like that you know something like what we have but where you can actually well, put it down if you need to what, what is it
0: gonna hurt the cannabis when it's cold it's not <laughs> like cannabis is preserved better in colder temperatures it's not like the drinks would benefit from being held in colder temperatures oh wait the oil Everything could be stored in subpar temperatures, except for the dr- like sub-zeros temperatures, except for the drinks, and it would benefit us. Yeah, the oils and capsules. Okay, we maybe have a have a conversation depending on whether it's winterized or not, because if it's winterized, well, it, yeah. it's already cleaned out. Yeah. So realistically, but we're, uh, AGLC has the ability to provide a ultimate level cold storage system for the cannabis the pre-rolls all of that stuff and then that benefits everyone then it and it guess what if it's sub zero it doesn't matter if it's six months old sitting in their case because yeah. it's six months of frozen it's protected yeah yeah the Lps might have to increase their packaging for Alberta because of that I don't think it's going to hurt
1: no again if it's going to benefit the end consumer then it's got to be the the way to go and yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it, some of these things just seem so uh like there's just no logic applied like uh summertime comes they send out this big email it's like yep yeah, uh just so you know you'll start to see temperature yeah. uh pots and like these freezer packs in there
0: yeah, i'm just sure gonna you to
1: save these because they have to be returned and all these things it's like okay yep yeah, no problem and then, yeah, I was what's just going to say, show up do you with? get
0: the water bags in your shipments?
1: Well, yeah. Like, what's it going to show up with, right? Oh, they're going to be protecting my diamonds, or they're going to be protecting... No, dude, it's in with the chocolate. The, the 3 dollars bang chocolate gets freezer protected, but the $69.99 rosin that actually needs a specific environment to survive in, nope. Yeah. Like, why are we going to yeah. have like products then, if we're not going to protect them?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. That that I was just waiting for an opportunity to ask you about those water bags <laughs> in your shipping box, and you brought it up. So yeah.
1: well, like all you can do is laugh about it though, right? Like, yeah, we can have that defense. We're still in the infancy stage and stuff like that, and they're still learning, there's gonna be processes that improve over time, but like let's control what we can. Let's look at the ones that like, hey, does that really make sense? <laughs> well, and and
0: in turn. AGLC is going to benefit from say that cold storage realistically because then yeah. they don't need to change anything other than just the storage practice yeah because yeah. first in first out yeah would we prefer to have the fresh lot if it's coming out fresh and not crunchy I'm happy even if it's six months old
1: yeah if it can be protected and preserved in a stage where it doesn't matter so much anymore because it hasn't been degrading that whole time absolutely
0: yeah well and and then the actual testing numbers are more legitimate. They're more accurate.
1: Yeah, on, you had three done drying periods for it. Yeah.
0: Well, exactly, and it's and that's more again for the terpenes and that side because they are more volatile than the cannabinoids for the transition, but it it breaks down over time. So let's take care of the product.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing too. Like we've seen that inflation in THC numbers for quite a while too, but on more of our uh, concentrate products or the carts, uh, we're seeing like, oh wow, like 11 to 12 to 13% terps on certain products. What I think is important now would be to see a distinction between botanical and uh, actual like live cannabis terpenes too, because uh, you're getting sales based on that high number on these concentrates where Maybe it's like a fifty-fifty. So you're seeing like four percent botanicals. Like, wow, that's a high number. Four percent botanicals and like five percent cannabis terpenes in that product. And otherwise, they probably would have bought the one that they at least had known. Like uh, the mystery live resins that are out yeah. there from certain brands. It's like, wow, twelve to fourteen, sometimes percent terps on there, and it's only thirty-one like, ninety-nine. There's your clue, right? But mm-hmm. you no, know, the consumer just is—they're financially motivated, especially now. Yeah. It it sounds almost like what they did with shred when it was
0: first released. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Like, the, and the amount of people who still like anytime I go in the shop and somebody mentions, oh yeah, they've got a new shred, it tastes pretty good. Okay. So yeah. do you know? Yeah. Really? Okay, let's pull out a bag. I'll show you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's like it says right on it, flavor. Yeah, they, they've they've had it. there it has been there since the whole time, hasn't it?
0: It had to have it on there since the first. And I can't. Rem- I don't even remember if somebody mentioned it to me or if I was just reading the bag one time. And I'm like, there is no way. And I went and I looked it up, and it's like flavor would be would be equated to in either an addition of cannabis based terpenes, which at the price of shred. There's some doubt that it's cannabis-based terpenes. Yeah, they're
1: they're they're growing it, extracting <laughs> it, reincorporating it back into the flower just to boost the numbers. But they're selling it that you no, know, it's not happening.
0: No, 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 no not <laughs> that quality of, of of sawdust. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but and and it's just one of those things where it's I'm not shitting on the product. Yeah. You just be aware. Okay, I am shitting on it a little bit, but be aware of what you're smoking and i i don't care if you choose to smoke it right like i'm you i've hyped up milk product
1: but it's quality milk yeah i don't like shred yeah well that's it too like you can have that distinction too and now that we're at this stage you're seeing some even organic uh you know like living soil grown milk products that are challenging the price point of them as well and, you know, maybe it's not always for the best financial reasons, but at least it's available. You know, you've got to worry about the LPs sometimes when they're starting to offer that. But again, you know, they got to do something to clear through the product. So,
0: Well, like that, the the direct competition to shred for me would be Common Ground. Yep. And they're a, what, what's really interesting about them is they are an outdoor craft grown f- company that is doing well with their milled product at that price point.
1: Yeah, we moved the pre-rolls like Magna. Uh the Amherst Sour Diesel and the Master Kush yeah. uh specifically. And then uh I think actually next week we get the Larry the Purple Alien mill that uh, someone ranted to me about. So we got that coming in too. The, honest Dustin and Kelton
0: both describe that as tasting like mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. And they love it. Yeah. Okay. All right. They they love it. <laughs> and I I'll be honest, it's not it, The Larry the Purple Alien wasn't my favorite of the three. Mm. Like I was I enjoyed. Um, the master kush more but it has that cushier kind of a peppier ter- tone to it like it's just more my flavor profile yeah. Larry is really light like newer smokers you could give it to them and go it's going to be a little funky but it's not like the GMO from Partake where they open the container and they're like what the hell is this <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly right, right? like it's
0: <laughs> it's manageable it's a manageable yeah. funk yeah. It's about 30% of what the GMO is at, I would say. <laughs>
1: wow. Yeah. Well, that's it, too. Like, again, like, there's a market for all of it, too. So, you know, you want someone that has, a you could describe it as, like, a classic smoke in a mild way or something like that. And yep. they'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm on that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the the style of grind and the price point on it, it's it's hard to beat.
1: Yeah, well like, that's it too. Like you're seeing that those options. Uh we've seen uh homestead and, and good buds yeah. now doing the same thing and again like the the quality on it, people are going like wow, it's what was it? We had the uh we ran a tank at like twenty seven percent, high turfs. People were going away by the quality in that. From your regular shred buyer, when you get the opportunity to put them on something like that, when now you can because the prices are closer, they, they Again, that's like one of your doorways into getting them to buy, I'm going to say it, real flower, you know, when you yeah. get them behind like a, you know, your first quality eighth or something like that. Again, uh, there's people that, um, I, I don't, I know what some people are not comfortable with like the alcohol parallels, but some people will never buy anything beyond their white cloth. Like that's their yeah. favorite experience. They'll buy that week after week and that's what they'll love. And that's all they ever need. That's cool. There's a market for that, but you know, there's always going to be people that want a little bit more, something a little bit more specific, even like just for one need.
0: Well, exactly. There's, there's. I'm the extremes where I want the highest quality of every, essentially every category. But I'm just as fine toothed of a portion of the industry as there is the person who's fine with just getting their Tweed Baker Street and Ginger Ale, because we have a customer like that in Slave Lake. She, that's all she has. That and sips of her daughter's vape cart. Yeah. She is my alternative in Slave Lake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> She's the complete opposite of me, which is there needs to be somebody there to to be the yang to my ying, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you got to do it all. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that, and it's and it's funny how there's that blend of consumers out here but when it comes to the mill, the amount of people who either price point wise just look at it and go, "Oh, I get so much more flour to it." Or they just don't understand that there's more to it, right? Like going into the with common ground, you can get four different genetics that are going to hit you four different ways. Or even going into that next step where you've got like some of the milled products that are coming out with B Blunt Collective and their lineup for the half ounces. And then with park take coming out with theirs, which is even the next step higher where like you're going for someone like me, I look at that 14 grammar, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be stuck in my camper for Five days. Guess yeah. what? That is way more convenient than me buying two or three ounces. I can buy that. I can buy a seven of the common ground. I can buy. Then I don't have to worry about my grinders. I can just bring my bomb and go.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's it too. Like, yeah, have the convenience factor for when you want to go out and about. It, there needs to be something for that. You need to have like your your six pack essentially that you can go camping with. You need that for cannabis as well yeah like we're starting i love that change that actually happened to drinks i'm really excited for that this summer too where you can now get like 48 or 67 or what is it something like that depending on the size of the actual can like we had so many people that were asking that last year like hey i'm heading up with the camper like How many times? How many laps of the end day do I need to do to fill up my camper? You know, before I go to the actual parking ground or whatever. Uh, Now to be able to buy, you know, like a flat of them, essentially, if your dispensary is set up to do that, it's uh, again another flexible aspect that just wasn't there before. And then, well, for even someone like me, hey, can you order a case of each of the green
0: monkeys? I need to restock and do pre-orders because that is that is that would be the way to do it. If yeah. you guys want a singular case or more, we you have to let us know before the order date and we'll order it and we'll set aside for you. You burn us on, one, on it once, you don't pre-order for you anymore. You got to come in and take your chances to see if we've got the beverages.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised we haven't seen like the Red Bull pack yet or the, like the four yeah. tall cans or the six pack or so I'm sure it's well, coming. Well, uh, we had the... We did have the four
0: pack from Tweed. The oh, grapefruit, yeah. but... They didn't sell. So who would follow up with something like that? And honestly, if somebody was going to do that, it should be um, Sweet Justice or somebody that has more of the pop style and flavor and do a multi-pack.
1: Do a four-pack,
0: multi-pack. You're grab and go. Yeah, It would do very well. Or a CBD, THC, right? Have your morning,
1: evening. Stuff like that would be... You need to probably see like a price adjustment to make that six-pack more viable too. But again, just to have those options for people, I think that would be the way that it's going to.
0: But. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see if there is a price change with... Especially with certain beverages because I could see certain ones almost being transitioned to be sold as large quantity. Like right. the yeah, Baker I mean- Street and the Houndstooth, I could see those two being switched to six pack or dozens only
1: yeah exactly especially when they have the lower cannabis content i could see you know the the provinces getting on board with that much easier than here's your six pack that contains 60 milligrams of thc
0: well and the and their price point there are they're under the five dollar marker are they under the four dollar market
1: yeah the uh the houndstooth ones were like 399 there's a couple of different ones that are in that price point now the msrp being that low yeah, yeah
0: so realistically market for 26.99 for the six pack yeah, that's on par. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're getting one that's ninety percent off roughly with the tax would be what it works out to be, which that's not fair. That's that's not unreasonable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it'd be on. it'd only be those style of drinks I could see actually making that change just price point wise. Yeah.
1: I think it's awesome that we're getting into that space though as having a, like an alcohol alternative um like just before the holiday House of turbines had the the Cosmo and the Moscow mule and like on their own they were great you know they're actually like they stay held up the more options that we have like that the more you know we can create that as an alternative because a lot of people are looking for that like we had a, a big uh, customer base that was looking for cannabis drinks as an alternative but the size restrictions of how many they could come in like uh it almost creates the same scenario that they were in before of going to the bar every day they got to go to the dispo every day to buy their cannabis drinks if they're looking at doing it that way and again the convenience factor in our modern life if it's not there you're not going to do it so they, no. who knows you know they could have gone back the other way
0: <laughs> well and that's exactly it and it's or going out camping you're buying the beverages for your drinks because your friends are going to get in the food right like there's There's so many different reasons, and especially when it comes to, like, beverages and edibles. There's a certain amount of consumption that you have to do yourself. And drinks, you have to drink quite a bit to get to that high point. Like, it's a a fair amount of liquid.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right? Like, it's – got to work to
1: get to those – extremes and it's nice people are understanding it yeah it's exactly when we're dealing with the different systems like your digestive system versus just the the liver and digestive like absorption you're getting uh i think it's something like uh the absorption rate is much much slower over time as well when you're doing it with like a liquid format and we deal with the same thing with oils too like why does the nano make such a difference well if you want to feel an actual effect like you took something then you want a nano yeah yeah
0: well, the, the nano emulsified just allows it to pass in your blood, says, bloodstream at a faster rate. It's easier for your body to absorb. So the nano emuls, for someone like me, that's what gives the three and six an effective dose off the green monkey. Because I'm getting the three and six within the first hour of me drinking that drink and not four, five, six hours down the line where it's wearing off while I'm still getting the effects coming in. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's that's a big thing when it comes to edibles is how your liver and how your body processes it. That's why my tolerance is through the roof and the missus can have 2.5 milligrams is in bed
1: feeling it. That's, yeah, that's awesome. I'm so jealous of people like that too. You know, <laughs> like, even when the tolerance is at a good level, it's still you know maybe like four packs of edibles, maybe less if it's a live resin or a hash rolls and edible or something like that. But you hear about those experiences or customers that are like, yeah, I buy the five pack of feels and I have like one a day. It's like what? And like, oh, I feel great. You just get so envious of people like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I eat a half a gummy and I'm good. Like. <laughs> yeah and you hear it so often that they, again you'd go like no no like that's the person that you could have vodka or water and tell them it's vodka and they get drunk right like no yeah. some people are that sensitive to the molecule yeah well and and even when it
0: comes like the joints for me i never understood the smoke a couple of puffs and then put it down if i was sparking up a joint i smoked it till the end and that's how i started smoking and there's the a handful man. of times where i got a little too high After doing that, so guess what? I rolled smaller joints. Then all of a sudden, the joints got bigger and bigger, and then I just started taking fat bong rips, and now I am where I am. So (laughs) I I saw the progression, and I can look back and see exactly where it went. But I never understood that, well, i just take two puffs and put it down and leave it. I'm like, I can't do that. Like,
1: If it doesn't taste good, I'm not enjoying it. Yeah, that's like the equivalent, again, opening like a, a soda and then putting half of it back in the fridge. Like, I'm just not doing that. That's It's in the format of me to drink this. I'm going to yeah. finish this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, there's three of these? Oh, that's three different enjoyable
1: periods. Yeah, I exactly. this is one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, okay, do you guys have anything going on at Northern Lights? Any kind of events or any sort of sales that you have planned? and then well the rest of february we should say
1: yeah we've got a valentine's day uh coming up absolutely uh always trying to capitalize on that one and get a lot of people in because again canada has again such a huge play in the different aspects of people's personal lives is like the politest way to put it so definitely want to get some good people in the door for things like that um and then from there we're we're, it's really more of like a, a build up phase right now for our spring and summer events that we're going to have in conjunction with uh, like blackjacks out in their space and uh, yeah uh, doors are wide open but we're getting different LPs involved and things like that so we're going to again really take bigger steps into creating like a cannabis community and not even necessarily just in conjunction with Northern Lights Supply it's just you know we're going to start some more events and and get involved in that space on our own right so yeah very exciting time. (laughs) Uh, And that's, that's awesome right here because like, I I'm in the same
0: mindset right now. Like I'm looking to try and find ways to just create an opportunity for people to network. And my, like for me, I would want people to, if you have somebody that's new to cannabis, bring them with you. This is the style of event that you want to bring these people to, because they're going to be exposed to, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but in my mind, the way that I think is the right consumer when you're want when you're being exposed to cannabis, because yeah, you should see a group where it's somebody like me who's taking these stupid sized bong rips or these stupid sized dabs. But is it losing their mind that they can articulate, and they can talk? You can see what the extremes are. Yeah, but at the same time, you can understand that there's just as many people who are like, oh couple of puffs off this joint I'm I'm okay it went around the circle I just I don't need to be part of the circle or yeah. come in grab a drink and just enjoy a single cannabis drink and enjoy that the environment of being around people it's like oh there's there is no pressure there's open opportunities because everyone will offer but there's no pressure behind the offer
1: yeah yeah it's just it's like more of a welcome than it is anything yeah. else it's just like hey you like this is what what, what we're about you only get uh, people into it through exposure and if you have just people getting slammed off their faces and you know having to leave events early because they're getting too high or whatever that's not going to build a community and but you need to see people that are you know like you said at the high end of use that can act responsibly in a public setting like there's so many of the people out there that fit that actual bill But they're just again thinking that there's still a stigma around that role too. Just like you know, there's still a lot of people that just don't come out about their super high cannabis use, too. Well,
0: exactly. And like even even within the industry, there's still like it's it and it's funny because as my use goes up, there's times where I make comments to people, well, how much do you consume? I go realistically. I'm getting closer to my 20 gram limit than the five gram limit I started with for my daily consumption. If you go with concentrate and, and before, and I always leave there a hesitation before I go, well, I also consume concentrates, which in turn consume more grams to produce. I leave it there hanging just to see if there's going to be a remark. I know with people who aren't in the cannabis industry, they can't comprehend the, like the weight just, it doesn't make sense. They think, in in equivalent to cigarettes yeah that's that's a different mindset i understand that but people within the industry that goes that seems like a lot yeah it's like oh i haven't even explained how i use the plant you immediately go to well you smoke 20 grams a day it's like "No, no 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 i consume 20 grams a day but there's multiple methods of consumption
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and you, there's like another form of gatekeeping almost too. You'll hear it even within like the sales side of the industry. It's like, yeah, anybody I've talked to, nobody can finish this joint. It's like what butt tender or sorry, like what experienced user are you talking to that won't finish a half gram joint? Like either they're blowing smoke at you or, you know, there's just so many different levels of experience and and that doesn't make that a bad product that they're talking about either. it just makes it harder to understand or harder to establish a baseline that you can communicate to customers when it's like, Oh, nobody could finish it. So you're saying it's like super potent. Like what does that even mean? Well, well <laughs> and that's exactly it. And that's the thing is everyone's tolerance is
0: so different. That's, that's why when somebody w- asks me, well, how did it hit you? I would just start laughing. Like I would, I legitimate, like not I'm making funny. I just go, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: honestly, I will not give you a valid response. Yeah. Well, that's it. And, and, say and it they look
1: at me like, what do you mean? Yeah. I can describe I the smoke. Neighbor. Yeah.
0: Way out of the realm of where you smoke for what, what I experience. I can tell you the very minute effect that this provides me because I start my day with it. Yeah. But it's gonna put you on your ass because you smoke a joint a day.
1: Yeah. That's the difference. Well, exactly. It's almost like uh, you know, what you know, why are you asking? Like, is it again like is it you value like my opinion about a new product or whatever, or is it like you're trying to establish some baseline to well is my opinion going to match up with what your product is it's like again even then uh you might have someone that does you know a million dabs a day and that's their foray but that doesn't mean they don't know about the cannabis capsules or the topicals that are sold in the shop too so it's like oh well, why do you want to know what i smoke like what, what what are you after today let's yeah. try to shift the focus back to them almost because it's like very little value in what my personal experience is it's what you look for well,
0: exactly. And and the only time that I would say that that role kind of switches is after you have enough direct contact with a specific consumer to where they just trust in what you're going to supply for them because they, they, they find, oh, their palate is similar to yours, or they know that your quality radar is on point. They don't yeah. care about anything other than quality, and you know what quality is. Yes. At that point... Yeah then then at well it is in point still you know what they're looking for and you're providing that service but there's a certain level of trust that's been gained to be able to just have them come in like there's customers right they came in i just opened the drawer and grabbed the bag out because they're yeah. like oh only one option and i just start laughing i'm like eh, it's a stretch and they just they laugh knowing it knowing yeah. that they're not going to be getting the exact par quality that they want but it's the best we have in right now. Yes.
1: Yeah. The rapport that you can build with the customers, once it gets to a certain level, especially when you're like, if you're one of the people that are in your shop, like, you know, at 40 hours a week mark or whatever it is that you're at, uh, you get to be so familiar with so many different customers that they just light up because they know exactly. Okay. Like you, you walk over to the vape counter because they know that that's what they regularly buy. Or like you're saying, you have a product already in mind, or you can sometimes even have the product ready for them at the till. Hey man, yeah, good to see you again. Okay. Have a good day. And it's like, it's a totally different experience. You're not even really selling anything at anybody. Even locked easy mode. They just come in, here's the referral. This is what you want. And then it's done. Uh, If you can get to that level with so many of your different customers, again, that's where that real community building comes in and, you get it too, where it sells down the line. Like, oh, what was that, that he was talking about? And oh, okay, yeah, too. And they get this customers of a similar mind or just like, oh, you know, if you can see what that hot product is and witness um, multiple people's attention on something, it's like, you know, uh, shiny rock. If multiple people are looking at it, it makes it more attractive than just shiny rock on your own, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the, the, be- the best days, Thursdays were the best days for me because I like doing stock on Thursdays like for me, if I didn't have to deal with customers on Thursdays, I was happy. I just wanted to play Tetris in the back. Like that was, <laughs> I, I let me let me do the order, let me take care of the menu, let me just do the back because I was always up front taking customers, taking the guy. It's like let me have a day to just have fun with the product and let me get excited about what we're bringing in because yeah. then I can sit there, I can lurk stuff up, I can kind of run it at my own pace, mm-hmm. so that when I hear trevor from uh, hailing from the front desk i can go up there and at least help and be yeah. of some like okay well yeah. this product or there's customers that just go is he in <laughs> <laughs> i get <laughs> the whole to come around. out okay so you're gonna have yeah. to come back in a half hour product the menu isn't up come back i've already got the things lined up for you do you want a half or do you want a full ounce worth of product how much do you want to spend
1: no
0: okay yeah. we got it lined up the bag will be waiting for you with it rung up ready to go in a half hour <laughs>
1: yeah well that's it too. you like when you get that <laughs> level of it uh i don't know you just become so much more fun and so much more rewarding yeah. uh and you, you get the like the, the honest referral of not just like yeah come on check this place out they've got a good deal like that i don't see much value in that you know you always find the good, there's always going to be your value place that will do that for you but if it's again if you know you have the unique aspects around your shop about like so and so will know everything about this product we can recommend to them and again, like we were saying before too, the, the value and saying, I don't know, is, is huge too. It's just being like that transparent. If it means missing the sale that afternoon, even that day, a week, whatever, the value that they have when they come back, they find that right product, they connect with their person, their butt tender at the store. You're going to have so much more sales in the end because they're going to keep coming back there as opposed to, uh, well, if you're going to value shop, it's not even about your store. It's going to be, I can pull up a menu of a certain unspoken yeah. website that we all know about now. <laughs> and I can just search by that product, uh, 500 kilometer radius or 50 kilometer radius from my house. And I can find that lowest price. Now it, it has become effortless for those that are in the know. So you, you can't just rely on that price. The race to the bottom that in that way is kind of a little bit muted, which I'm happy about. because I don't think anybody wins there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, and like, for
0: someone like me that resource is hugely beneficial because if i get asked to do a certain review and i'm coming into the city it gives me that ability to plan my day around where i can get access to it but it's also hugely detrimental to someone like you where with your menu being as wide as it is it's, it's detrimental and it's beneficial. It's beneficial because you guys have so many products that would bring people to your dispensary. But the fact that they tell you the exact price point of it at that dispensary to the set point doesn't give you the range. To this, it is the exact price. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah the exact dollar. Yeah. It's, yeah it,
0: let's be honest. It's going to send you to value budge. Well, yeah. Instead of Northern Lights, if it's gonna save you twenty five dollars for an ounce, or thirty dollars, or forty dollars for an ounce, yeah. or ten
1: or fifteen dollars for a three and a half, yeah, because we're 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 all, we're all doing the percentage based math, so we're all seeing that you know if you have that lower markup, then of course that when you go to your larger formats or your your concentrates with that higher dollar amount, it makes such a significant difference where there could be shops that could benefit off just carrying those things. They can just make that twenty to thirty dollar difference. It's again, it creates like such a huge competition that you can't really do much about. Just you gotta just tough it out.
0: <laughs> well, and it, and right now it's in the products that are in the highest demand: large yeah. quality, quality, quantity flour. And I say both together because quality in the quantity is in demand right now. Oh yeah, yeah. And quality concentrates, which are in that sixty dollar price point. You can find some in the 40 plus,
1: but it's a craps game. Yeah. And even lot by lot, you know, if you found one, you might have gotten just lucky. You know, that's the biggest burn, too, is when you you get that. There was one big guy I witnessed early doing it, and I almost regret not adopting his model of every time he wanted to review a product, he bought three of them. Yeah, like you get it because you can get that shiny example, even in the same box of like, yep, this one was perfect. This one was basically falling apart, whatever your example want to be. Right. Like that can really affect it, too, because it can explain things when you go to I had this amazing experience with this product and you go to tell a customer about it. They take it home. It's like, dude, mine was all in the lid or whatever, like what you experienced. It's like, I swear to God, that's not what mine was like. They just have to trust you. You have to have the rapport base. Like you said, if not, they're just going to probably go, okay, well, they don't care what their concentrates. I'll go somewhere else. Maybe it'll be better conditioned.
0: Yeah. Or you go that next step and you show them pictures of it. Then they come back and they show you pictures of what they had. Yeah. You feel like a chump.
1: Yeah. Literally. Like you feel like you worked them. Yeah. 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 There's been some really bad cases of that in this last year alone, even in the flower space too. It's like, wow. You know, you want to believe that there's, uh, more QA about what goes in that jar but of course they get it put on the table and it's someone's job to put it in the jar and they're like well if it's put there it's of a certain quality and you want to wonder where it falls apart but sometimes it's just you know at the, at the gate <laughs> yeah and it's
0: and it and it's one person's mistake to be affecting how many people's experience and turning them away from that company and that's that's what always baffles me is that it could be one singular person that's affecting how many others if they're the one doing the final check or they're the ones that aren't taking the the care
1: that day right yeah yeah it's like the the bad apple in the bunch right it can really really spoil things for you like uh yeah you it, it, you want to have that like understanding that there's going to be a baseline of what you're getting in that box but there's so many factors that just stop that from being possible yeah so you, you just kind of go like well last time it was awesome you're just hoping you have the yeah. same experience and yeah it goes from there
0: <laughs> well the the only products that you can guarantee are going to be consistent are the ones that are selling out all the time and then yeah. it's a totally separate battle it's trying yeah. to keep it stocked it's not trying yeah. to find the proper stock. So Yeah. Sometimes it's like there's those
1: products where it seems like unless you put in uh, an order for four or five of them, you're just going to get nothing. You know, if you put in for that single one based on your budget, depending on the, how big your shop is, you just notice a lot more times when it's at that, like, 40 or less case mark, it doesn't show up as opposed to someone who ordered 10. But yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's interesting how instead of it being shared amongst the many, it gets distributed to the, the one who wanted many. Yeah. Yeah
1: creates again a pretty obvious environment that we're in now (laughs) yeah
0: absolutely yeah well honestly dude it was a blast having you on i think we well we dove into a lot of just kind of the the difficulties of the industry that we have with product access and just well especially more in alberta just the movement and some of the difficulties with the supply so it's great going into that and it's great to hear that you guys are building more of a community and events around northern lights that's awesome you have the space for it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um so it was great having you on man definitely want to have you back on once you've got some of these events planned or once they have come through talk yeah. about those see how they've uh affected change at northern lights and either helped you guys out or maybe found a way to work in next year's plans right
1: well exactly yeah like with last year with the folk festival that we, we did we learned so much there already and we want to find a way that's more specifically about cannabis about our specific environment as opposed to being focused around a festive environment so excited to see what we can do with that
0: yeah it'll be it'll be good to see what you guys are working on i definitely would be interested in being involved and uh, helping you guys out as much as i can because it's right in the right in the wheelhouse of what i want to do
1: exactly man yeah
0: It was awesome having you on, and it was great to see you guys. But for now, cheers, and I'll see you in the next one.